Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. What's up, everybody? Welcome. This is Brazuca Sounds. I appreciate if you rate this show on Spotify. You also can follow a playlist on Spotify with almost every single song that I ever play here on this show. More than 50 episodes already. It's called Soundtrack Brazuca Sounds. And finally, you also can follow me on Instagram. I'm there as Brazuca Sounds. Today, we're gonna go back to 1973. Milton Nascimento, his follow-up to Clube da Esquina and his album Milagre dos Peixes, one of the best records ever released by a Brazilian artist with his backup band Som Imaginário, which, by the way, also released a record in 1973. So what we're gonna do is to talk about these two records plus more albums released by those uh, involved with the Clube da Esquina. So Milagre dos Peixes was released in August 20th, 1973, one of the most experimental from Milton Nascimento's discography. It was originally released in a period of uh, extreme repression in Brazil, the heyday of military dictatorship, and the album reflects all the problems faced by artists, and for this particular record, almost every single song was censored, right? All the lyrics were completely scratched off. So Milton Nascimento decided not to fight, not to rewrite the lyrics. He just decided to release as they were in an instrumental form. It was almost like he was a protest album. This opening track here, Escravos de Joy, is already absolutely phenomenal. I actually talk about extensively about this song on the Brazuca Sounds number 8, the songs censored by Detectorship. Only part of the song was free to be recorded, and it was actually performed and sang by the samba legend Clementina de Jesus. I leave work, I go back home, I don't remember of any time being more tired. It's always the same sweat. This song is extremely focused on the Brazilian workers, right? How people need to constantly work, 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 and their reward never comes. And the album cover is already sensational, the hand of Milton Nascimento. And when you actually open the gatefold, you can see it is actually Milton Nascimento holding his newborn son, Pablo. The graphic designer, Elcio Noguchi, came up with one of the most revolutionary works of design in Brazilian music history. Eu vejo esses peixes e vou de coração Eu vejo essas matas e vou de coração 
The military regime, they always pretend everything is okay in the country. So this one here talk about this economic miracle. It's like a fisherman's tale, which in Brazil means a story that is very difficult to believe by its exaggerations. That's what we call the fisherman's tale in Brazil, história de pescador, which translated into English, it is the tall tale. here and we have no idea why the censors ended up not understanding what Milton was uh, singing about or criticizing against. As I said in other shows here, the censor guys or women they were not really smart, right? They are not really versed in the intricacies of the irony or sarcasm or metaphors of the Brazilian language at the time. But obviously, right, sometimes they were. And that's the reason, like, 80% of this record here is an instrumental record. This song, A Chamada, is one instrumental record of the album of 11.8, our instrumental. And we do have a big variety of different type of instruments. The violin, baiting bow, piano, cello, organ, percussions, cavaquinho, flute. It's actually more than 40 musicians that were credited on this album, extensive liner notes at the time, which was very unusual from the 1970s uh, records in Brazil. Uh, the songs were even including the songwriters for lyrics that were not even there anymore. Uh, and Nana Vasconcelos, right? We gotta talk about the guy. He's heavily present on this song here with all kinds of percussive effects. Nanavas Concelos is not from Minas Gerais, he's from the northeast Recife. And once he actually said that he met Milton Nascimento in a party uh, where he introduced himself by saying, I came all the way from Recife only to play with you, Milton. And at the end of the night, on this party, Milton Nascimento was there playing the acoustic guitar and singing some songs. And all of a sudden, Nana Vasconcelos came back from the kitchen with a bunch of pans and other kitchen utensils. And it started like banging, making this percussive 
innovations that he was so famous for. Nana Vasconcelos, soon after he ended up going to Europe, that's the reason he's not participating in the Clube da Esquina record, but he came back to Brazil to be a force of nature on this record here, Milagre dos Peixes. And this article is from September 1973. They finished it off their very flattering review with these words. It is important that everybody listens to this album. Without a doubt, it's one of the best released in 1973, showing a strong and cohesive work from a musician that, year after year, elevates his importance in our music. Milton Nascimento, with all honesty, dignity, and competency, created a piece of art that we can say is already definitive in Brazilian popular music. This is Ali Murphy. She's going to read all the quotes from newspapers, articles from that time. Uh, as you can see, very complimentary uh, review indeed. This song here was originally uh, recorded for a soundtrack of the movie Deuses e os Mortos, of Gods and the Undead, by director Rui Guerra. It is actually the opening credits for that movie. If you never watched that movie, you definitely should. One of the main staples of Brazilian avant-garde when it comes to cinema. But this song on this opening credits that were that was originally performed in 1970 was by the group Som Imaginário in their debut record that work as like the backup band of all live shows of Milton Nascimento and also for this record here. So you can see all these percussive elements, uh, including Milton Nascimento's voice that kind of works as an instrument to this absolute symphonic crescendo on this song uh, by the arranger Hadamas Nyatali. exaggerate here, but this might be the best Brazilian song ever performed, which, by the way, was released as like a conventional 12 uh, inches record with eight songs, plus an EP, a seven inches record with only three songs. I guess technically it could have been done in only one LP, but Milton Nascimento really, really wanted to put the quality of the recording sections over everything else and this collaboration of Milton Nascimento with Som Imaginario was so intense that a year later they decided to release the live version of the album Milagre dos Peixes ao vivo
was recorded in Sao Paulo with a symphonic orchestra and also the arrangements by Wagner Tiso, who is the leader of this backup band Som Imaginário. Wagner Tiso and Milton Nascimento, they knew each other since they were like 12 years old, growing up in the same small town in the state of Minas Gerais. Some of the tracks here are even better recorded live, more punchy. So, as I've been telling you, the lyrics of this album, they were dilapidated by the censors. So, this particular song here, Milton Nascimento ended up recording with only two words spread out. Uh, filho meu, my son. Filho newspaper even said that Marcio Borges, the songwriter, he will be the very first guy to ever receive song royalties for only two words. And when it comes to the lyrics, this is what Milton Nascimento had to say to the newspaper O Jornal, April 1973. I don't want to be trendy, just to be what I am, a musician. Music is my language, and I do the best I can to say things I think everybody should know, the truth. Although from what I can see, fear is currently stronger than curiosity. And by the way, from the article from O Jornal that was published during the recording section, uh, meaning four months prior, they even mentioned the lyrics for this particular song, the original version, and as it turns out, with the lyrics, never saw the light uh, after the whole censorship. And by the way, that particular newspaper also closed its doors a year later due to its quote-unquote left-wing tendencies. Invento mais que a solidão me dá Milagre dos Peixes ao vivo, live, Milson Nascimento also performed songs from his previous album, Clube da Esquina. So this is a longer version compared to the album version. It's like a jazz suite in the middle with the piano, full strings, orchestra, also the horns. The voice of Milton Nascimento here is so magnificent. And obviously, the band really stands out. I did an entire show about Clube da Esquina here. It was the Brazuca Sounds 42, one of the most popular that I've done in here. So you want to look it up. On this live album, the opening track is actually a song by the band Song Imaginário. So these guys actually had two parallel careers. Uh, and in 1973, they released their third album, Matança de Porco. 
So this record here, instead of a psychedelic vibe like their first two records, it is more like a fusion of symphonic, classical music, prog rock, obviously. It is an all-instrumental album. The whole record can be summarized by the song on the background, Armina, uh, which begins like a classical piece, but soon changes to this rock and roll uh, vibe and closes with the classic piano again. By the way, the guitar player of Song Imaginário, Fredera, he left the band soon later, not in very good terms. He pretty much ever said that it was not a Song Imaginário album, but like a Wagner Tizio solo album instead, like I mentioned the guy before, the leader keyboardist, who in fact wrote all the songs here. At the time, Wagner Tizio even acknowledged uh, the first two albums were produced with the vocalists in mind, uh, Zé Rodrigues more specifically, and as soon as those two guys left the band, he decided to focus more on this instrumental process, which was not very easy at the time, and that's the reason why. We had no time to rehearse or to develop a more elaborate collective work. The album was created in the studio, while we were recording in real time. I came up with the arrangements on piano, and just because the other guys knew the songs more or less from the live sessions, they were able to pick up and put a song together. So all the members of the group Song Imaginário were pretty much session musicians, right? Working not only with Milson Nascimento, but Gal Costa, among many other artists. Tavito, the guitar player, for instance, he used to work part-time also as a jingle producer in a marketing agency in Sao Paulo. This is probably the flagship song on the album, also the name of the record, A Matança do Porco, The Pig's Butchery. It's like a beautiful combination between a symphonic rock, fusion. Uh, Song Imaginário was pretty much like a Pink Floyd of sorts, right? Their first record's more like a Sid Barrett vibe, more psychedelic. And from the third record, which ultimately will be their last record, as more like a vibe with no Sid Barrett involved, right? More David Gilmer and... So this song has this crazy fusion, like with Strong's piano... Thank you. 
This song here is one of the most famous Brazilian instrumental songs of all time. It's like a symphonic element conducted by Maestro Lindolfo Gaia with these vocals provided by Milton Nascimento and also the Golden Boys. The record has very, very different elements all over, like this other song here. So this is Mar Azul with a more like jazz, bossanova drumming elements, uh, this very present flute uh, played by Danilo Caymmi. Uh, Dorival Caymmi's son, who more or less was like part of this big collective. And Danilo Caymmi, together with other three musicians, Beto Guedes, Toninho Horta, and Novelli, collectively they released also an album in 1973. <laughs> All these four guys that I just mentioned, they pretty much worked in the recording sections of the album Nelson Angelo e Joyce from one year before. Nelson Angelo, the guitar player heavily involved with the Clube da Esquina, Joyce, a.k.a. Joyce Moreno. The big boss at the Odeon record label, Ronaldo Basto, he really, really was enchanted. But unfortunately, he didn't have the financial resources to release individual records and released this kind of an odd partnership. This one on the background, for instance, it is sang by Beto Guedes. Obviously, those musicians, they were all friends and whatnot, but they were not like a band, per se. So every guy on the record, they wrote their own song and they performed and sang in their own song. And Beto Guedes, in fact, he plays a lot of instruments on this song, guitar, bass, drums. It's like a more rock and roll vibe to the album, especially this prog rock influences. Beto Guedes' best pal, Lo Borges, participates here uh, with the piano. And Beto Guedes, he was a little bit more like a man for himself on the album. He only plays in his own songs. Uh, different from the other three guys who are more or less involved in every single song. Toninho Horta as the guitarist. All his like more folk
This is Manuel, O Audaz, probably the most beautiful track on the album, uh, with this uh, finger-picking guitar. Also, the most famous song from this record here has many cover versions, including Tonio Horta, uh, re-recorded for his official solo debut many years later in 1980. But I like this version here so much better, more stripped down. This, the lyrics is also very, very beautiful, although uh, Tony Warta is basically singing about a car, like a Jeep, nicknamed Manuel the Audacious. Audaz is not a word that we use much in Portuguese, it seems like a very strong slang for the era, though. This other song here is Danilo Caymmi contribution to the record, this more bossa nova vibe. Ponta negra, meu farol, rasga a noite, rompe a escuridão. Danilo is probably the guy that was more heavily involved in the whole production for the record. As I told you, he played the flute in many, many tracks. He also sings, he also produces. I really researched from like reviews or articles talking about the record from 1973 and I could find none. It was a record that was completely put aside by the record label or for the mainstream media in Brazil. But this interview here from many years later, Danilo Caymmi talks about the recording process of the album. Ali Murphy again is going to read for us. This album was recorded in one night. We kept recording it all night, which was the only time slot available for us. That's the only way they would do it, and we took it. It was a good opportunity for us to make an album at Odeon. So, time was so scarce during the recording sections for this record here at the Odeon record label that those four guys, they have barely any time to go to the bathroom. And that is what it comes about, the very famous back cover of the record. The picture of those four guys kind of squeezed in the toilet of the Odeon studio. The photographer, it is Kaffi, the very same photographer who also took the shots uh, for Clube da Esquina album cover. Many, many people sometimes call this record only Os Quatro No Banheiro, The Four in the Bathroom. The album cover is pretty much their four names graffiti painted on a yellow background wall, so to speak. So as you can imagine, this album here had zero promotion or distribution, kind of a died in the shelves with nobody ever listening to it. This album was never reissued. Uh, you can find a CD version only 
in Japan, and obviously it is not even available on streaming platforms as well. Uh, and this song on the background here, it is the contribution of Novelli. He has three songs instead of only two, but pretty much because two of his songs are just short instrumental with also the contribution of his big pal, uh, Nelson Angelo, playing the acoustic guitar right after they will take off to Paris, where they would record an album together as a trio with the percussionist Nana Vasconcelos. So let's take this opportunity and talk a little bit more about Nana. So the debut album released by Nanavas Concelos uh, was outside Brazil by the record label Sarava in France. It is the record Africa Deus, uh, where Nanavas Concelos uh, experiments on the berimbau, this Afro-Brazilian instrument developed uh, during slavery times in the country for the capoeira rounds. It's like a very rudimentary instrument, right? It consists of only one string with this piece of rock plucked against the string. Uh, you cannot do much with a bow, actually, uh, if you know what I'm saying. But that's exactly what Nana Vasconcelos here is proving otherwise. That's why he says in August 1973, What I do with the berimbau has no label. It cannot be defined as erudite or classic or neither popular music. I don't play the berimbau like they do in capoeira. I research the instrument in order to produce music connected with Africa, Brazil, costumes and folklores from the Brazilian black. So this is what this record is about. It is just Nana and his baiting about three long instrumental tracks, two of them over 12 minutes, very experimental. So it's really, really not for everyone. It's not like you can play this record here in a party. Africa Deus was reissued as a compilation with the songs from his later album released as a trio with Nelson Angelo and Novelli, recorded in 73, released only in 70. But he was back to Brazil and released another album called Amazonas, this one in Brazil by Philips. This is the only record that Nanavas Concelos ever released in Brazil for a long, long time, until the 1990s, more or less. For more than two decades, he only had international records, with the exception of this one here. This is a classic example of a guy more recognized 
uh, internationally compared to his own country. Uh, and he clearly expands this record here in the percussive territory. It's not only Benimbao, but several instruments. This song on the background is called Amazion, and it's technically from the African folklore. There is another interview here from Anavas Concelos, not from the time, but from 2004, uh, to Folha de São Paulo. It was my fascination for Vila Lobos on the one hand and Jimi Hendrix on the other. Vila Lobos showed me that music has a visual aspect, more than just the sounds it produces. But I also believe that I wouldn't do what I do with the berimbau if I didn't like Hendrix so much. This idea that an instrument has no limitations that you can make blues with cuica if you want to. So this record is a combination of voices, melodies, percussion. Fantastic record. Unfortunately, never reissued in any form, LP or CD. However, it is available on streaming platforms, at least on Spotify. Amazonas, it is the name. And because of this lack of recognition, uh, Nana became really disillusioned so Nana took off back to Europe and then eventually to New York City as well released many many records abroad and to finish it up this show here we're gonna talk very briefly about these other guy here, Zé Rodrigues, he was of the first formation of the Som Imaginário band. He was mostly like a singer for the group. Founded the trio Sa Rodrigues and Guarabira. Also left and finally released his debut album. This one here is called Primeiro Acto. An album with a little bit of everything is more like rock, pop, a lot of romantic ballads. It's a very inconsistent album. Uh, Zé Rodrigues was heavily supported on this record by another member from Som Imaginário, the guitar player Tavito. And together they perform in one of the hidden gems of Brazilian instrumental music. These two guys going at each other, Zé Rodrigues, and all these different pianos, the electric piano, Fender Rhodes, the acoustic, the organ, and as I said, Tavito also playing all these different elements on the guitar. <laughs> Crazy song is a great way to finish this episode here of Brazuca Sounds. Hopefully you enjoyed all these 1973 records from the Clube da Esquina Collective, Milton Nascimento, The Great Man, Song Imaginário, Nanavas Concelos. It was a great pleasure. See you next time. Bye-bye. was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.